Hi, boys and girls, and good evening, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Garage. This is your Uncle Jimmy with your weekly technician podcast called Grease the Wheels. Hey, thanks for tuning in, man. I appreciate you. I really do. I mean that, too. You guys keep the planet moving. Not a lot of fucking people seem to know that. I do, and I appreciate what you do. Now, I'm on vacation, so this podcast is going to sound really weird because i got to use a different microphone. Of course, I don't travel with my regular microphone. I don't want to do that. Well, ever see that? Ever see those fucking baggage handlers kick the shit out of your luggage? No, you don't call them throwers for nothing. <laughs> hey, I wanted to uh, do a podcast this week, a vacation podcast on the things that our customers don't know. Oh man! And I made a fucking list. And let me tell you what, I got writer's cramp from making this fucking list. Let me tell you what, there's a lot of shit they don't know. And uh, the reason I want to tell them what they don't know is because I think there's a few customers at, the, at least. A uh, few people who listen to this who aren't technicians and don't really actually believe uh, half the shit I say. And probably they shouldn't. I really wouldn't uh, personally listen to me if I wasn't me. But uh, here it is anyway. I wanted, to do a, I wanted to do a little podcast for you guys on things that we feel like the customers should know. And these are things that either they think they know and are wrong or things they don't even think they know. They just don't know them. And when they think about what they don't know, they figure it out all wrong. Okay, so we're going to set them straight. We're going to try to set them straight anyway. The first thing I wanted to tell them, when you come into a shop or a dealership, I feel like you need to know that it's a privilege for you to actually have the freedom to go from one shop or another or, or here or there to get your car fixed. I think it's a, a privilege, okay? And I think that it's a privilege It's actually kind of being somewhat restricted nowadays by the fact that there's just not a lot of us out there to fix the cars and that some of the shops have really high labor rates and as well they should honestly and here's why here's why i think that uh, and, and and our shop owners and our dealership owners and dealership managers they don't seem to know this or they if they do know this they're ignoring it or they're not paying any attention to it or they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, uh, and maybe they don't even know they're in the fucking tunnel, to be quite honest with you. Uh, one of the things that goes on in a shop is that, and it's the same with us as tech, if you have an excruciating demand, but you have very little supply, the price should go up. Now, I've used that scenario, that economic theory, and it, it sounds like a theory, really, to me, but it's not. It's really a truth. Uh, but I've used that economic theory in the past to describe the reason why technicians, mechanics, technicians, whatever you want to call us, should be paid more. Because there's not that many of us. We're paid pretty poorly, and uh, we deserve more. And if we don't get more, well, we're just not going to fucking do it. Because there's hundreds of thousands of technicians out there who are doing something else besides being technicians now. And the reason is quite frankly, because the fucking job just doesn't pay. But there's another side to this coin, okay? There's heads and then there's tails. Here's the tails part. You, as a shop owner or a, or a dealership owner or a dealership manager or a manager of any kind, can also raise your labor rates if you want because the demand is fucking excruciating. The demand for repairs to an automobile are excruciating, especially since the pandemic has pretty much slowed down. And as far as I'm concerned, it's pretty close to being over. And if it's not over, it's going to get to a point where we're just like, whatever. But people are driving more than they were, and they're driving more than they were before the pandemic. Okay, at least it seems like that to me. And more and more, there's, there's a huge demand for cars. 
and there's no supply so the prices are going up on those and now because they can't either buy a new car they can't afford it or they don't want to afford it or there's nothing out there that they like then the supply is low and the demand is high so they're going to have to pay for that but they're also keeping what they have because really in some cases may even be forced to keep what they have because there's nothing else out there for them or at least nothing out there for them that they want which seems to be just as important as having a need which is a desire you know having the desire is, is actually trumps the need sometimes you know people desire things that they don't need all the time and sometimes people don't desire things that they need but they have to get them anyway so either way either way there's a large demand for cars and some people are forced or somehow pushed into keeping what they have going and so they need you to help keep them going and if they want to trade them in or sell them they're going to have to fix them i mean who's going to buy a, a car that's worth ten thousand dollars but it doesn't run it's not going to happen you know i mean you could you could sell a car that doesn't run for cheap 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 and some guy can come along and maybe you know tighten up the battery terminal and have it run uh, and then you're out eight grand maybe because you sold it for a couple grand but that's not something you want to have happen so really the laws of supply and demand are affecting everybody and I don't think that our shop owners or, or, or shop managers or even our general managers realize that with service if you have a lot of vehicles that need to be serviced I mean a lot and at least at the dealership I've been working at we have an extraordinary demand for our services you should probably raise your labor rate there's no law that says you can't do that there's also no law that says you can't pay your technicians more but I mean if you have an excruciating demand for the services of your of your shop or your dealership fucking raise your prices okay you can go ahead and do that nobody's gonna well, of course people will complain but nobody in the business nobody in the infrastructure of your business is going to complain you're going to make more money and if you make more money maybe you can spread it around a little bit and that'd be okay wouldn't it Sure, and maybe it'll help alleviate the problem that you have. You have too much work and not enough people to do it. Well, if you charge more, you're going to have a little less work. And if you charge more, you can afford to pay more. And then you will have enough people to do it. So there's a balance there. And I don't think, honestly, that dealerships or shops are trying to seek that balance. They're just taking in everything they can, overworking what they have, and forcing them really pretty much out the door. Now, when it comes to customers, they have to understand uh, a lot of different things, and there's a lot of things that they don't know. And one of them is, is that they're going to have to pay if they want to get their car fixed. And you would be surprised. And I talk to our service advisors all the time because they're very good people, and, and they try hard mo most of the time. There's some things they do that irritate the shit on you, but uh, that's that's for a whole other podcast. But uh, I, they're they're good people, and they they work hard sometimes. And 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 some of the things that they tell me absolutely blow my fucking mind. Okay, and one of the things that they tell me is, and I hear this more often than not, is that customers expect us, them, me, we, our shop, our dealership, to look at their car for free when it's not covered under warranty. Oh, I don't understand this at all. You're gonna have, if somebody out there knows why customers do this, and on an astounding quantity, I mean, it, all the time, it's astounding. They do it all the fucking time. They come in and they expect us to look at their car for fucking free. That's not how it works. Did you grow up in a whole nother country? Are you a citizen of the fucking Soviet Union? From back in the day, you expect the state to pay for your fucking car repairs? I don't know what they expect. I really don't. And, and it's one of the things I don't understand. I mean, I don't go into a grocery store or any other place where I need to buy anything and expect them to give me anything for free. 
And guess what? I am, <laughs> I am never disappointed. I have to pay for everything I have. And guess what? If you bring your fucking car to my shop, you're going to have to pay too. And, and you would be surprised how many times the, the service advisors will tell me that customers expect us to look at their shit for free. Nope. Nope. You have, you have entered the wrong business. You are in the wrong place. Okay. So customers need to know that nothing automotive related is free. Oh, sure. There's freebies at a racetrack or a car show that they'll give you a key change and shit like that. Sure. Chotskis, you know fucking swag, whatever you want to call it. Sure, you can get that shit for free because that shit's designed and meant to be given away. It's also cheap as fucking shit. It's going to fall apart and, you know, whatever it is, it's just not going to last. I mean, unless, of course, you put it away in a hermetically sealed container and you break it out 50 years later and go, wow, look at this. And it's not going to last. The good stuff, the stuff that people want, the stuff that people need, really need, it's not going to be free. Okay, so one of the things I would like to tell customers, and uh, I don't think, you know, I obviously, I say this all the time, it's too general a statement to be true in all cases, but the ones out there who think that repairs or diagnosis or even just a cursory check should be free, they need to know they're fucking not free, okay? You have to pay. The other thing that goes hand in hand with that, because it seems like the same people who want things for free, the same people who want us to do things for them gratis, pro bono, these same people also don't have a real good grip on how uh, common courtesy works or how manners are, how to have manners. They don't know how to be polite. And I personally, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't condone violence and, I, and I'm not a violent person per se, but I do sort of suggest violence on a regular basis on this podcast. And maybe I shouldn't do that, but it's my way of expressing a desire to fucking rearrange the thinking of people. You know, to to enact violence upon them. So if you if you come into our shop or our dealership and you decide for some reason or another you're going to be rude and evil and mean and try to push us around, um, I'd like to see you try that shit with me because I, although I'm not a violent person, I fucking can be, and I will be. If you're rude and obnoxious to me, if you're mean and call me names and put me down and try to insult me. I will fucking break your fucking jaw, okay? I will, because I don't need to put up with that shit. And you know what? Nobody else on this planet does either, really. Because if you meet me and you know me, you know that basically I'm a pretty polite guy, I'm a nice guy, and uh, I like to have a lot of fun, and I'll have fun with you, and I'll even get to know your name probably in most cases. And if you even say hi to me, I'll say hi to you, and then I'll also ask you how you're doing. Hey, how you doing? That's me. I'm that guy. That's me, okay? Now, uh, if... One of the things that I feel like the customers need to know is, and I'm going to be very succinct about this, is manners are not fucking optional. They're not optional. If you deal with anyone in our building, and I fucking mean that, whether it's salespeople or whether it's my service manager or my car porters or my service advisors or me or our parts individuals, you better fucking A, have a fucking serious grip on how manners and being polite works, okay? If I'm in the building and I'm next to you and you're being rude to somebody, I will fucking round off on you. I will fucking warn you. So listen, if you don't stop fucking being a fucking asshole, you're going to be a beaten up and bloody asshole outside the fucking building. I don't want to put up with that shit. I don't want to tolerate that shit, okay? And don't, I don't want to have to be violent. But you know what? I'm going to let people have it. Maybe verbally at first, and if it gets out of hand, sure, we'll go, we'll go mix it up. I'm not afraid to go fisticuffs with somebody. I'll fucking bring it. You want to kick my ass? 
Good fucking thing I brought it with me, right? God damn it. Seriously, manners are not optional. When you deal with people, and I mean this is a general rule of thumb for all the people on the planet. You deal with people, you better have some fucking manners, and you better know how to be polite. And you know what, too? They say you can get more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. It's the fucking truth. If you're a nice guy and you're polite and, and you apologize for things that you did that are dumb or stupid and you own up to the things that you did to your car and, and you want us to just fix them and you're not going to complain about them being, not being under warranty or, or maybe that the, the technician you know, damaged your vehicle and when really in fucking the truth, when the truth comes out, it was you or your son or your daughter or somebody else, then, then we can, we can go ahead and do business. Okay. We can do business. Now let me tell you something else too. Okay. And this is something the customers need to know. Uh, this is definitely a customer need to know thing. We'll fucking fire you. Okay. You come in and you're a piece of shit and you treat us like shit. We'll fucking send you on your way. We'll say, sir, that's a door over there, and you're going to have to be on the other side of it. And if you're not on the other side of it in five minutes, we're going to call the police. We're going to have them come down here and remove you from the property, remove you from the premises. Because it's an old school thought. It's an old school thought that the customer's always right. <laughs> what a bunch of horse shit that is. Customer is not only not right, they're not even fucking right half the time, and they're almost always never right, okay, especially in our business. Fuck, that's another point that customers need to know. It's a very important point that they need to know is that they don't know shit. They don't know shit. And the smart ones know they don't know shit. That will, wait, wait a minute, now that sounds wrong, doesn't it? Well, the smart ones know they don't know shit. No, truly, smart people know what they know and they also know what they don't know. And a lot of them haven't wasted any fucking time at all figuring out how a car works. You know why? Because they've got us. They don't need to. They can think about other things. And this is the beauty of being a human being on the planet at this particular time in, in human history, is that you don't need to know how air conditioning works, but you can enjoy it. You don't need to know how a car works, but you can drive it. You don't need to know where chicken comes from. You can just eat it. There's a whole bunch of fucking things that you don't really need to know, and you could still live a very comfortable and fruitful life. Maybe you should try to be an expert at something, hopefully something that pays well, then you can afford to pay people to do the other things for you. And you know what? It's, it, it's, it's kind of a, a bar, it's almost a barter system, really. I mean, you know, you do something very important and maybe even not that important. I mean, there's some people in the entertainment business and I would tell you that entertainment is actually not as important as some people think it is. Okay, let me get that, let's get that straight, okay? I think people need to be entertained. There's no question about that. We need music. We really need music. We need movies and TV shows and comedies and, and whatever else, dance dance recitals and, and, and Broadway plays and whatever else goes on that, that qualifies as entertainment, even sports, which is really typically entertainment. You know, baseball, football, all that stuff, basketball. We need that stuff because we need to recreate not only ourselves, but our brains and our minds. And our brains and our minds are two different things. Let me tell you something else too, okay? There's another thing that customers need to know is that your brain is one thing, but your mind is another thing because your brain knows things, but your mind is stretching those things out and determining other things that could or could not happen from the things that your brain knows. It's a big difference, you know? Now, when I say that, People don't know, people don't need to know what's going on with their car. Smart people know that when they bring a car, and this is something the customers need to know. This is very, I think this is very important. When customers bring their car into a shop, a technician is typically, I would say in probably 95% of the cases, going to look that car over. And smart customers know that when a technician looks a car over, he's, he is actually looking for problems. 
It's the God's honest truth. We're looking for problems. But I would say in a probably about 75%, I'm here again, I'm making up numbers, okay? This is what I do. I just make shit up. Um, and you guys seem to like it. So, But I'd say in about 75% of the cases, when people like myself go through and look at a car, we're not really thinking about how much money we could make off of it. We're thinking, is this car safe to be operated on the road? Are the components of this vehicle functioning correctly? Is this car an ecological nightmare on wheels? Is it leaking every fluid it's got and creating a hazmat situation everywhere it goes? I think to myself personally, when I look at a car, I want it to be safe. I want it to be ecologically as pure as possible, which is really difficult for some of these cars to pull off. And I want them to work properly, okay? I want them to be safe, work properly, and not create a hazmat situation or an ecological situation where it leaks oil somewhere or leaks coolant somewhere, which is just more poisonous than engine oil, trust me, and gear oil or transmission fluid or even washer solvent for that, fucking, for that matter, okay? I don't... I want to correct the problems that make this vehicle heinous, not only to society, but to the, the environment. And if I can increase my economic situation by repairing those things, well, then that's a byproduct. That's, that's okay. You know, I mean, I want to get paid for what I do. You want to get paid for what you do. And if we're helping to keep the planet as clean as possible, which, you know, I mean, working on cars, it sounds ridiculous, but really that's part of it. You know, that's, that's definitely part of it because cars are so prolific. I mean, if we all let them all go to shit and they just start polluting like they like they used to back in the 60s, then we're all going to be fucked again because we were really pretty well fucked in the 60s until somebody said, hey, man, why don't we keep, keep this shit under control somehow or another? And that's where a lot of these emissions regulations came from because it was really bad in California, okay? It was really bad in California. They figured out why it was the cars... So they said, listen, you want to bring a car into California and drive around, that's fine, but it's got to have this, this, and this, because we're tired of fucking having air you can't see five feet in front of you, okay? We don't want any, we don't want our air looking like that again, okay? And, and they've been pretty successful, I think, okay? Because if you were to look at pictures of LA, of Los Angeles in the 60s, you'd see this dense, thick smog, which is smoke and fog, and it was it was nasty, and it had to be... Uh, hurting people, you know, people who breathe that shit in were definitely, uh, it was definitely a health hazard. Okay. Let me put it that way for you. Okay. So that's one of the things that customers need to know is that we're not always trying to get you to give us money because we're greedy, grubby bastards. We are greedy, grubby bastards for, for the most part, but we're not so greedy and grubby that we're going to try to sell you something that you don't need or fix something that isn't broken. Now, uh, as I'm sitting here now, just saying that, I know that there are people out there doing that, and I apologize for that. And I can't do anything about it unless I see somebody doing it. So I work in one shop. None of that shit is going on in the shop I work in. That's the only shop that I can vouch for, okay? When you come into our place and you need something for your car, and we tell you you need something for your car, God damn it, you need that something for your car. That's it. We're not making it up. And if you don't want to do it, we're not going to get upset. Because people say no all the time. And as a matter of fact, sometimes our service advisors just go ahead and say no for you automatically, which is kind of kind of dumb and stupid. And if my boss found out how much you guys were, those guys were doing it, she'd probably come down and fucking ass can all of them. But uh, it happens. They decline services without telling the customer it happens. It's, you know, it's just part of the job. They feel like they're too busy and we're too busy. And quite frankly, they're not completely wrong. But uh, we make money. 
we all make money, the shop and them and us, by fixing stuff on people's cars. And as technicians, we're not out there just frivolously recommending stuff for their cars. And as a matter of fact, we make videos to show them the shit that's fucked up on their car. So when we tell them that shit's fucked up on their car, we have the video proof to back us up. So there, fuck you. <laughs> it's like, I, I sold it, we sold it, I, I mean, I have a million examples, but just last week I sold a set of tires to a guy, and I will bet you money that when he came in, he didn't think that his tires were bad. But when I showed him his tires were bad on the video, he said, holy shit, change them. And it wasn't one of these deals where I wanted to change his tires, because quite frankly, I fucking hate changing tires. I hate mounting and balancing tires. And these ones were the worst. Because this fucking guy had wheel locks, but did he have the wheel lock key? Fuck no, he didn't. I had to use the fucking backup set we have. I got them off. That took me half a fucking hour. And then I get them over to the, to the tire machine and the balancer, and they don't want to balance. They're asking for like 900 fucking million grams of weight to balance the fucking things. I'm like, Jesus Christ. They ended up match mounting half of them and got them reasonable. By that point, I'm just like, what the fuck? So I just finished up what I was doing, got them on the vehicle, did an alignment, and he's good to go now because our alignment machine is spot on. And when I drive them afterwards, I'm, I'm personally, as the technician, I'm personally satisfied with how the alignment turns out. I know the customer is going to be too. And his tires, the tires he had on there before, they looked fine for about three quarters of the tread. But then the inside edge was fucking worn right to the goddamn nub. So I did that guy a favor, telling him, A, that he needed tires, and B, changing them. And then let me tell you what, me changing this guy's tires was a great, big, fucking, huge favor. Thank you very much, because I just don't get paid that much for doing tires and quite frankly, it's irritating. That and brakes, I just don't like brakes. But one of the things that customers need to know, and I think that this is very important, is that a lot of times when we recommend things for their car, we're not trying to pad our wallet. We're not trying, because quite frankly, we're not getting all that money. You spend $2,000 to buy a set of tires from the shop I work in, I might get 70 bucks. And the parts department gets whatever they get for the tires, and then the rest is all labor, and the shop, the company I work for, keeps it. It's what happens. You want to get mad at somebody because you have to pay $2,000 for a set of tires? Figure out where to direct your anger. But for fuck's sake, don't, don't direct your anger at me. I'm the guy who pointed out that they were fucking shot. And then I fixed them. And I got paid to fix them. I got paid to put them on and make everything right. But I didn't get paid that fucking much. I'm not driving a fucking Ferrari. I'm not even driving a new car. They tell me all the time, well, you could afford a new car. Yeah, if I lived under a bridge, maybe. You know, I'm just not making that much money. Not like if I was in the sales department anyway. Okay. Now, here's some other things that customers need to know. And, and, and I think a lot of these things, some of these things, I, you know, I don't care if they ever fucking find out. I don't care if, if they know them. But, they, but if they're going to listen to this and they're going to be uh, clients, customers, people who bring their broken cars to us to get fixed. These are things that could make their life go a lot easier. And I made a list. Uh, number one, uh, like I said, manners are not optional. Have manners, okay? It's a lot easier to fix a guy's car if he's polite and nice and kind. And, and you can like that guy. If I like somebody, I'll, I'll do things to their car and, and don't even really expect to get paid for it. Does that sound stupid? Yeah, but I do. You know, I always top off fluids and, you know, top off the air pressure in the tires. And sometimes if a bulb is out, I'll fix that. If I see something that's broken or fucked up and I can fix it in like two seconds, I will. But if the guy's a cocksucker, if he's an asshole, 
fuck them. I'm not going to help them out by doing that. I might quote them for that and say, oh, yeah, it's going to be like an hour and a half to fix that. And all you can do is fucking slip a wire tie around something. And guess what? Being an asshole just costs you money, dick. <laughs> so don't do it. Don't do it, okay? Number two, really, and I mean, I've been going on for half an hour now, but here's number two. Number two, it's your car. As a customer, you got to remember that this is your car, okay? And there's a lot of things that go along with this with the fact that this is your car and not mine. Number one, I don't really give a fuck about your car. I'm going to do the best job I can doing whatever I have to do to your car. If I have to diagnose it, I'm going to use my talent, my skill, my experience to determine what it is that's causing your problem. I need to get paid for that. And then I'm, if you say, go ahead, I'm going to fix it. But always remember, it's your car. Okay. If I use my talent, my skill, and my experience, and my training, and everything else I have, and I diagnose your car, and you don't want to fix it, it's fucking fine with me. Because you know what? It's your car! I don't give a fuck if your shit's broken. I don't give a fuck. If you want it fixed, I'll fix it and make it right. But it's your car. It's your decision. Okay, if you don't want something done to your car, if you don't have the money, and I don't even care why, okay? If you don't have the money, or you're just cheap, or you're a prick, or you think you can fix it yourself, fine, knock yourself out. I do what I do to your car. At the end of the day, you're the one who has to drive it. You're the one who's driving it. You're the one who parks it at your house. You're the one who makes the payment on it. You're the one who, who agonizes over the fact that it depreciates. It's whatever it does. Just sitting there in a the driveway getting older. You know, remember, always remember it's your car, okay? Here's the other thing, too. Okay, I guess you could say this is number three. You can call it number three if you want. Uh, as far as automobiles go today, anything built within the last 20 years, I would say, really maybe just 10, let's just go back 10 years. Anything made about within the last 10 years, there's things that can go wrong with them that you as a customer cannot fix. I don't care how many times you go to AutoZone and they tell you it's simple and it's easy and they read you off the code and they tell you where the part is and what the part is and it'll probably fix it. I don't give a fuck how many times you do that. I don't care. You probably can't fix your car. Okay. Now, there may be some people out there who used to be technicians who probably could fix their car. Here again, too general a statement to be true in all cases, but I'd say 90% of you, you can't fix your own car. You can't even change the oil in your own car. You can't. You can't. If you saw where some of the fucking filters are, you'd realize that it would be dumb to even try. It would be dumb. Uh, I don't know why some of these people, uh, some of these car manufacturers take filters and they stick them in fucking places where... You know, if you were, you, you'd be, you'd be easier for you to find fucking Waldo than the oil filter on some of these fucking cars. Seriously. Okay. If you think that you're as smart as we are, okay, that's fine. You can think whatever you want. You're allowed. Okay. But if you come out and you say, oh, I could fix that to me about something on your car that's maybe not that easy to fix, I will back off. I'll fucking, I'll fucking back off. I'll throw my hands up in the air like I'm surrendering. I'll be a POW all day, all day long. I don't care. Hey, but it's all you. All you. You want to fix it? Knock yourself out. If you got to get it towed back because you fucked it up, then we'll have choice things to say about you. And maybe after you leave, we'll still have choice things to say about you. But if you think, if you feel like you can fix your own car, I say fucking give it a shot. Give it a fucking shot. Just make sure you have some really good shoes and tell your boss you're going to be late to work tomorrow. Okay? Because a lot of the stuff that goes wrong with these cars nowadays, you can't fix them. We are the pros. This is what we do. And this is why we get paid for it, because some of the stuff we have to do sucks. It sucks. Some of it sucks. Doing a brake fluid flush. 
I've heard of people trying to do their own brake fluid flushes and then driving through the back wall of their garage. And I, I can't even tell you how fucking, how that, how, that makes me chuckle so deep in my heart when, when I hear that shit. Oh, I tried to do a brake fluid flush and I ran my Harley Davidson right over because they didn't have any brakes because I'm stupid. You never hear them say that part at the end. Oh, because I'm stupid. They've always, in their brain, before they tell you a story like that, they will have figured out that there was somebody else to blame for that. The, the people who made the brake fluid or the people who made the truck or the car or whatever it was, or the people who made the bike, the motorcycle, or maybe the people who built the house, whatever. It's always somebody else's fault. Uh, that's one of the other things that I want customers to know. We'll call this number four. Uh, when shit goes wrong with your car, when, and, and let's put it this way, okay? You own an automobile in the United States of America or anywhere in the world for that matter, made by anybody in the world or in the United States of America, anywhere. You own a car, it is going to break down. Things are gonna go wrong with it. Uncle Jimmy's rule number one is cars break, okay? Uncle Jimmy's rule number two, there is nothing anybody can do about rule number one. Cars are gonna fucking break, okay? So you have to understand that. Cars are gonna break. And the other thing that you have to understand is that you are going to say the same thing every fucking time. You're going to say, my car broke down at the worst possible time. Well, of course it did. Because anytime your car breaks down, it's the worst possible time. I mean, if your car breaks down at the fucking dealership, I suppose that would actually be the best time and place for it to break down. But it's still, you're not going to say that. Wow, I'm glad my car broke here at the dealership or at the repair shop. You're not going to say that. You're going to say, fuck, my car broke. At least I'm at the dealer. You know, maybe that's as good as it gets, okay? That's fine. But always remember, hey, it's your fucking car, okay? And it's going to break. So just keep that in mind. Uh, it will help the situation. Uh, here's a little tip. Here's a little piece of advice, okay? What I want you to do. If you're a customer and you're listening to this, even if you're a mechanic, you really need to hear this part too. Now, um, I just said that every car breaks. All cars break. And they do. They do. They all break. What you need to do in your mind... Okay, this is just a little something you can do maybe if you're having trouble sleeping or if you're on the couch watching something boring or maybe you're just by yourself or maybe you're just driving down the road and the music on the radio sucks dick. You can think, okay, what would I do if my car broke down? What would I do? And then think about what you would do. Well, some of you out there have auto clubs of some sort, maybe AAA or whatever. Okay, or maybe your insurance company offers some sort of a, uh, of a towing uh a towing benefit with your car insurance or something like that. So planning ahead to have your car towed or having an insurance company provide some sort of service, possibly a rental car, if your car breaks down, that's that's planning ahead. But that's what you need to do. And I don't care really what you plan ahead, whether you get AAA or whether you just plan to bring some tools with you or maybe make sure that your cell phone's always charged or that you know, you got your dad or your mom or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your brother or whoever, or maybe maybe your friend who's a mechanic, you have them in your phone, in one of your contacts. Maybe you have, you know, you, you say to yourself, oh, you know, if my car breaks down, I can call my dad. Boom. Great. Now, here's the thing. If you're, and this is why I say this, okay? Because if you're driving down the road and your car breaks down and you've thought about this for more than 10 seconds, you can say, wow, okay, my car's on the side of the road. I thought about this scenario last week. I said, I'd call my dad. So you call your dad. Hey, dad, my car broke down on the side of the road. And your dad might be like, I don't know, you know, your, your dad might be like anybody else in the world. You know, it could be like Bill Burry. He's like, what the fuck do I care, huh? 
Why are you calling me? I'm a fucking comedian. I'm not a fucking auto mechanic and hang up on you. Okay, so he's not much help. But but normally, <laughs> I would say, normally your father would try to help you out. I mean, I at least hope that your father is, you know, somewhat affectionate towards you, at least in the bare minimum. And he might say, well, he says, you know, does it start? Does it run? You know, are you out of gas? You know, it's a simple questions that maybe a technician might even ask, you know, like, are you out of gas, you asshole? Oh, look at that. The gas gauge is on no fucking F. Oh, I'm a fucking dipshit. And maybe, just maybe, maybe, depending on the relationship you have with your father, if your gas gauge is on F and you're on the side of the fucking road, he might bring you some fucking gasoline. Now, sometimes cars break down and they don't have a whole hell of a lot of gas in them. It happens. I get cars towed in all the time that don't run. I look at the gas gauge, I see an F, I'm like, you know, it's got no gas in it. What the fuck? Let's put some gas in it. Try that first, you know? That is if it cranks. And this is another thing that customers do, is you say things to them as a mechanic that other mechanics would understand in a second. But they're like, what did he say? Was that in English? Here's, here's what I've heard. I've, I've had this actual conversation with more than one customer. Let's say, what's the problem? Does it crank and not start, or does it not crank? Um, well, it turns over, but it won't start. Okay, so it cranks, but it won't start. No, it doesn't crank. No, if you said if it turns over, it cranks. No, it doesn't crank. Well, you just said it cranks. What does it, I, I, I don't, what does that mean? It means does the fucking engine turn over when you're trying to start? Oh, no, it doesn't do that. Then it doesn't crank. And that's what I said. Yeah, but after you said it did crank. Oh, well, I said it turned over. Well, that's the same fucking thing. Well, yeah, it turns over, but it doesn't crank. No, 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 no. They're the same thing, okay? It's like looking at something that's red and looking at something else that's red and saying, hey, one's not the same color as the other one, when in really, in reality, it is! So does it crank and it has no start, or is it a no start, no crank? Or no crank, no start, whichever. It doesn't matter which way you say it. If it doesn't crank, it's not going to start. Unless, of course, it's a stick. But I think that probably a large majority of the fucking customers out there don't have any idea how to drive a stick anymore. <laughs> and then, because I've run into mechanics who don't know how to drive a stick, which it seriously bothers me a great deal. I think that you should at least know how to drive a stick, and then maybe, hopefully at some point in time, you're able to diagnose a clutch problem. It seems to be a lost art. It's like diagnosing a carburetor or diagnosing points. It's a lost art. And very few people know how to do it. But seriously, a lot of times we hit customers in the face with this stuff, you know. It's like, oh, did you hear a noise? Well, yeah, I heard a noise. Where'd it come from? Ah, outside the car. Okay, great. You know, it could have been an explosion three miles away. It was a noise outside the car. You know, shit. They're demolishing a building 18 blocks from you. It's not your car, you know. It's like, you know, that's one of the things I have a problem with. And that's one of the things I think the customers need to know is that when you want to try to communicate with a technician... You should probably pull your head out of your ass first. Uh, here's some of the other things that I wrote. Now, I wrote, made a short list of things that I would like for customers to know. On top of the fact that you probably can't fix it and you might not even be able to describe what the fucking problem is without irritating me or the service advisor. Uh, the other thing is, uh, let, let me just say this, okay? Uh, it might sound like, this is me using my Uncle Jimmy's sincere voice. We, we want to like you. As technicians, we want to like our customers, and I think probably 90%, here we go with the made-up figures again, 90% of you, we like you. You're friendly, you're nice, sometimes you even bring us treats and food, and a lot of times you give them to the service advisors, which is just wrong, but uh, we, we can't really stop you from doing that. You don't have a lot of contact with us, but 
you know, uh, I have talked to customers in the past and I will continue to talk to customers in the future, just not on a regular basis, just on a random basis. If I need a question answered and the customer sitting in the waiting lounge for some reason, I'll go ahead and ask them. I don't have a problem with that. And I find that most of them are very, very pleasant. You know, they're very pleasant. And, and actually, uh, to be quite honest with you, they're very happy to actually talk to the technician working on their car because after, you know, several visits to the dealership or the shop, and having to talk to a service advisor who doesn't have answers to any of their questions, uh, they're they're overjoyed to speak to someone who actually does have answers, or at least uh, has uh, diagnostic solutions to whatever's wrong. I mean, they're different sometimes, okay? The answer to the question is, is it going to be expensive? And the answer is probably, you know, depending on how fucked up shit is. And I've had that conversation with people too. Does it cost a lot? Yeah, it does, you know. Uh, but we want to like you. That's what it comes down to. We want to like our customers. So if you're listening to this and you're a customer and you take your car in and you're kind of a jerk about it, you think you know what's wrong with it all the time and you're wrong a lot, probably, and you're going to try to tell the technician how to fix it, you're going to try to tell the service advisor we're charging you too much, that's not very likable. It's not making you likable. It doesn't make you likable. And if you think that you're going to be able to wrangle some sort of a discount on the labor or the parts for your vehicle that, need it, that you, your vehicle needs, if you think you're going to be able to wrangle a discount or maybe get some money off the bill by being an asshole, I, I think you're wrong. I know that some people feel like all they got to do is make a big fucking scene and they'll get everything for free. But uh, you know what? We're not going to like you. And the next time you come in, we may, we may go out of our way to try to fuck you somehow or another. I mean, I just got done telling you that we're not doing that. But you know what? If we can, if we can get away with it, if it's within the realms of legality... We'll do that. We'll tell you you need tires. Maybe your tires are okay. Maybe they're not okay. We're going to tell you they're not okay, maybe, if you're a dick. Now, I won't do that but because uh, I don't deal with customers, and I don't really have to listen to that shit too much. Say, I think that makes me lucky, okay, because I, I'll, be, I'll be frank with you. I've said it a thousand times on this podcast that dealing with customers, the, the work that the service advisors do, and the service manager when it goes awry, and then people start hollering for the service manager and they have to deal with some fucking Karen who's upset because who knows what. I mean, really, there could be a thousand fucking reasons why someone might go off on the service manager and the service advisor wasn't able to help them with what they had a problem with. I don't have to deal with that. I don't have to deal with that at all. So for me to like a customer, and I've had that too in the past where a service advisor will say something nasty about a customer and all oh, this guy's a dick and then I'll meet him. Later, and I'll be like, the guy wasn't a dick to me. Well, he was a dick to me. And I go, well, I'm a dick to you. Maybe it's you, not, <laughs> not them. Uh, may, maybe it is, maybe it is the, the service advisor's fault. Maybe, maybe they're, they're the ones who come across poorly. Maybe, maybe in only in, in like one case out of 20, or maybe once a month, or maybe once a year, or maybe never even. Okay. I mean, I've got service advisors that like to come back and tell me all oh, the guy who owns this car is a jerk. I said, well, I don't. I don't care. Don't tell me that. I don't. I don't need to know that. I'm not going to talk to this guy. So you can tell me he's. You know, you could. You could tell me anything about him. I don't care. Okay, I don't have to deal with him. And if I do have to deal with him, I will bet you money that I won't think he's a dick. Okay? I might, but I can almost bet you that I won't because it's always different. When and that, and I think that that there is a uh, a solution to a problem there. There's a a solution to a problem there where. Uh, they come in and they have to deal with a service advisor and they're they're horribly jaded and they're disinterested in what they're doing and they're disinterested in a the customer and the, the customers know, 
You know, you really can't hide that when you're genuinely and sincerely disinterested in something or someone. You can't, you really can't hide it. I mean, even the best actors and actresses in the world can only hide it for a little bit until somebody else cut. And then after that, they're like, ooh, man, that hating you, that was, that was tough work, man. Maybe I'll get an Oscar for that, you know? Seriously, if you, if you dislike somebody or are disinterested in them and, and what their problem is, they'll, they'll figure it out pretty quickly. And then, and then their attitude is going to reflect it because uh, in this business and in every business, quite frankly, where people have to deal with people, they will find the level of respect that they're getting and they will reciprocate in kind with the very same level of respect. If you don't have respect for them, guess what? Don't expect to get respect back. I've talked about that a million fucking times. Uh, that's really that's really how it is. We, we like I said, for customers, I want them to know that as technicians, we're not service advisors. We're different. There's a difference there. I'm not going to expunge on what that difference is because if you're a customer and you don't know the difference, you're going to have to figure that out on your own because I can't really tell you there's a difference because I'm not a service advisor. I'm a technician. Do I want there to be a difference? I, I would prefer there wasn't a difference personally, but there is, and it's a huge difference in many cases. doesn't mean they're not likable. doesn't mean I'm not likable. It also doesn't mean that I am likable. It also doesn't mean that the service advisors are likable. It just means that they're people too, just like you and just like me. Believe it or not, technicians are people. Holy shit, really? Fucking newsflash. Technicians are people. Ladies and gentlemen, stop, stop running them down. You've never met them. How the fuck can you even do that, right? Okay, what else is it here? I wrote, I, like I said, I wrote down a whole bunch of shit. I wrote that we know, what customers don't know is that we know when they're trying to fuck us. We know that. Because people, there's people out there who will do that. There's people out there who will make up shit that will come in and, and say anything to try to get out of having to pay for something. They will say literally anything to try to get out of paying for something. There's a lot of people out there, cheap people, Thieving, conniving people, people who are liars, people who are scumbags, they're out there. Uh, unfortunately, they're out there. And they drive cars, a lot of them do. And when they break, or when they're not running right, or when they even just need maintenance, they're going to try to figure out, because they're scumbags, they're going to try to figure out how to get you to do it for free. They're going to try to figure out how to get you to do it for nothing. They're going to try to figure out how they can get out of paying their bill. Well, let me tell you something, okay? As clever as these motherfuckers think they are, they're not going to be able to outwit us. Very often. There, I mean, because I'll tell you what, I, it, I'm like CSI. I can tell what's going on with a car. If I look at a car long enough, I can tell you what's happened to that car. I can tell you how well they're taking care of it, how well they're not taking care of it, whether or not they've done the maintenance, whether or not they've gotten tires, where they've gotten tires from, who put them on. I can tell you if they've been to uh, an aftermarket shop. I can even probably tell you what aftermarket shop if I work in that area long enough. I can also tell if they like their car or if they hate their car. I can tell what they do in their car. Usually I, that involves a sense of smell. Sometimes it's not good. I can also tell if they take care of it or if they don't take care of it. And it's just a line. It's just a line. It goes right down the middle. It's your fucking car. If you decide you don't want to take care of it, that's fine. But don't try to put one over on us and tell us, oh, I take excellent care of my car. Really? Because the evidence says otherwise, pal. You've got tires that are seven years old and they're bald. You know, the oil is as black as India ink and it can't be engine oil much longer. Okay, the brake fluid flushes have not been done. You've got a sticker from an aftermarket place that says you should have changed the oil 15,000 miles ago. 
Okay, the wiper blades are dry rotted to cr and, and cracked and shitty and just wipe shit a lot across the windshield. So if you turn them on, you're not gonna be able to see a fucking thing. You see you got a headlight out or a taillight out, you got dents. You've got, you've got all kinds of shit going on with your car. I can tell if you take care of the fucking car. I don't even need to ask you. And conversely, let me put it to you this way. I've seen cars that are 20, 25 years old that look like they were built yesterday. I've also seen cars that were built yesterday that look like they're 25 fucking years old. And I have seen everything in between. I have seen parts tags on parts on cars that should never, ever, ever have been fucked up. And yet somehow, somebody, somewhere, maybe not you, but somebody fucked that part up. You know, I mean, it, I mean, I, it, it could be a control arm. It could be a piece of sheet metal on the car. It could be a piece of glass. It could be a glove box door. It could be a headliner. We can fucking tell. This is what we do. And we're not fucking stupid. That's the other thing customers really need to know. And that's mainly what this particular point is all about, is that we're not fucking stupid. Some of us are a little dumb. Some of us are a little slow, my, myself included. But I'm telling you, you're not going to get much past us. Okay? You're going to try to tell us that we bent your wheels. We're going to tell you to go straight to fucking hell. Because we don't bend wheels. We don't drive cars into fucking curbs when we only drive them 100, maybe 200 feet into the shop and onto the lift. It's not going to happen. And even if we did bend your wheels, we'd fix it. Because we have people who fix wheels. They could fix them. It's not a problem. We fix wheels for cars for people all the time. We fix them all the time. People bend the fucking piss out of them. And their car runs like shit. It rides like shit. The ride quality is gone. And we put them up on the lift and we spin the wheels and we see that they're egg-shaped and we go, your wheels are bent. And then we have a guy come over and look at them and says, yeah, they're too bent to fix. And then we sell you new wheels. We're not stupid, people. Something that customers need to know is that if they think they can put one over on us, chances are they cannot. And sometimes just to save a customer from having to go somewhere else, we might even give in. We might even say, oh, well, well, we'll take care of that for you. You know, all, you know, we may, maybe that's like, maybe that's the way it was. Or, uh, the other one too is that they'll, they'll, they'll want to know why something isn't covered under warranty. Why isn't it covered under warranty when a tree falls on my windshield? And go, well, was the tree made by the uh, car manufacturer? No. Okay, did a car manufacturer come over and blow the tree down? No. Then why the would they cover it under warranty? Doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Seems to make perfect sense to people who have fucked up shit, though. That's it's crazy. That's the other thing customers need to know is that warranty is only going to cover shit that was a defect. End of sentence. A defect in workmanship or material from the factory. You put aftermarket shit on your car and it fucks up. Manufacturer's warranty doesn't want to know. A, they don't want to know a fucking thing about it. They don't want to know anything about it. They don't want to know. You know, they don't want you calling them going, hey, I... I put some parts on my car that you didn't make, and they broke, and they caused my engine to blow up. Can I get that covered under warranty? They'll just hang up. They'll just fucking click. You know, they're like, no. You call back and you go, why did you hang up on me? Because the answer is no, and I don't want to argue with you about it, so fuck off, click. You know, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> oh, you know, here's the other thing, too. We know, we know when you're trying to fuck us. We, we do. We know. We can tell. It's not fucking rocket science. We can see what's going on. We can tell what's going on. We can see that one side's different than the other. Uh, here's, the, here's the other one, too. Uh, customers have it, and I was just talking about this a second ago. Customers have a tendency to try to blame us for shit that went wrong with their car as technicians. This murders me, and I've seen this. 
they'll come in and they'll have a dent or a scratch or something in their car and I'll go, oh, I wasn't there before. I've heard that so many fucking times. That and the uh, ever since you, you know, I gotta say probably 50% of the time, here we go with the more made up facts and figures. Uh, 50% of the time, you gotta scratch or dent your car, you're the one who fucking did it. Cause your car could have 10, 20, 30,000 miles on it and we drove it two, 300 feet and you drove the rest of the 30,000 miles. The odds are that you did the damage to your car. And maybe you just didn't fucking notice it. Or maybe you're a fucking screaming asshole who's just going to try to blame us for something that you did. So that we'll fix it for you. And you know what? It doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work. It doesn't, hasn't worked in a long time, to be honest with you, too. Because we have cameras. We have cameras. And if you say, oh, you know, you put a big dent in my car. Well, we'll go to the camera. We'll go to the video. And look at, hey, there you are getting out of your car in our drive-on with this big dent in your door already. Want to try it again? Oh, I guess it was there. You guess it was there. Well, let me let me clear that out for you, okay? Because you sound ambiguous about it. That that was in your fucking door when you showed up here, asshole. So we didn't do it. And here's a little side note, okay? When you have to deal with people like this. And uh, probably not many of you are listening to this that deal with people. And unfortunately, I, fortunately, at least, I hope that, you know, because dealing with people, uh, yeah, say it again and again and again, dealing with people, is it's soul-crushing. It, it, it is. It's mind-numbing. It's soul-crushing. It'll make you want to kill yourself. It'll make you want to drink heavily and do serious drugs. It will. Because they customers say some of the fucking craziest shit you've ever heard. They want some of the craziest shit you can imagine. And, and they're going to torture you somehow or another, be it on the phone or in person or via email. And, and, and there's no end to it. You know, you could... You could conceivably come in at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning, which is way too fucking early, by the way, and have to deal with a, a human being who right off the bat is fucking stone cold insane. Just insane. Uh, you know, and I can't even make up a scenario. I can't even think of a scenario where uh, an, what an insane person would say to you about their car at seven o'clock in the morning. Way too fucking early to be doing business as far as I'm concerned, okay? So you're, you're a service advisor, you have to listen to this fucking guy and he's rambling on and on about some shit and then you tell him he's gonna have to pay diagnosis and he gives you shit because he wants it for free. And you know what, all you wanna do is just pick up something big and heavy and strike this guy about the head and neck area until he's dead. Because he's not making any fucking sense and he's just an asshole and the world's not gonna miss him. The world is not going to miss any of us, really. But this guy in particular, if he's a dick to you, he's probably a dick to everybody else. And it's not necessary for him to continue to live. Now, I'm not suggesting violence. I Believe me, I'm, you know, I'm, like I said before, I'm not a, really a violent person, but I do talk a good game. But let's say you deal with this fucking guy for 15, 20 minutes and he just leaves because he doesn't want to pay. And, and then you get another guy and he's got the same sort of attitude. He doesn't want to pay or he, he's, he's got a problem. He can't describe it and he can't tell you what it is. And of course, the car's not fucking doing it now. And he wants to leave it with you and he wants a loaner and he doesn't want your, the car he's dropping off back until it's fixed. And you can't even verify that there's actually a fucking problem. So you're just going to give this guy a loaner indefinitely until we decide that there's nothing wrong with the fucking car and he's just going to have to take it. And, and if he doesn't want to come back with our loaner, we'll have to call the cops. This happens all the time, I think. So that's your second customer of the day. And now it's 830 and you haven't even had a cup of coffee yet or a donut or anything. Now another guy comes in because you're busy as shit because your, your labor rate's too fucking low to be quite honest with you and he's got a problem that he says that you guys caused and you look and there's no history so you guys did obviously did not cause it 
But he says, well, you guys at the other store, and you don't have another store. Maybe you have another store, but it's a thousand miles away. And he goes, well, that's the one. They go, where, where is it? And he says, it's some city where you don't actually have another store. Because customers are trying to, most of the time, I think customers are trying to figure out how to get somebody else to pay for them. They're trying to find somebody to blame. I think that that's one of the things, and I've said this before, I've talked about this before. I think the first thing that happens to most people, I want to say, here we go with some more made up numbers. I'd say 75% of the people out there who are driving a car right now and it breaks down or something gets broken on it. The first thing they, they try to do is figure out who's responsible for breaking. And the answer is not ever going to come back that it's you or me or the car owner himself. It's always going to come back as somebody who borrowed the car, somebody who looked at the car, somebody who worked at the, on the car, somebody who put gas in the car, maybe somebody who bumped into it in a parking lot, maybe God himself even. I don't know. But they're always looking for somebody else to blame. The manufacturer of the car, they made it this way and it's all wrong. Really? So you're an engineer? You know, you're a designer? You know, that, that always blows me away. And then 10 seconds after they figure out who the fuck they, they should blame or could blame, even re, either reasonably or unreasonably, they're going to try to figure out how to get somebody else to pay for it. And so if they decide that their car is fucked up because the technician who worked on it last didn't do something right, and even though it's a completely unrelated condition, they're going to come back to the shop and try to get the shop to fix that new unrelated problem for free. It happens all the fucking time. And you've heard it ever since you, you know, and I've heard some ridiculous ones, boys and girls. And I'll tell you what, if you're listening to this and you're a technician and you've got a really, really ridiculous ever since you story, I would love to hear it. Hit the Facebook page and let me have it. I want to hear it. I've, I've heard some ridiculous ones myself. You know, uh, uh, some guy replaced a taillight bulb and now the alternator went bad. It's because the t they replaced the taillight bulb. Um, they, I actually heard that one with my own ears. It wasn't me that replaced the taillight bulb, so I laughed. I'm like, that's just ridiculous. Uh, what are some of the other ones? Uh, I can't even think of any right now because it's getting kind of late. And Yeah, that, that kind of shit happens. We'll know. We know when you're trying to fuck us. And some people, you know, like I said, they come up with outrageous shit, you know. My windshield's broken because you, you changed my tire. I mean, just pick an unrelated system. I mean, my exhaust fell off because you changed my wiper blades, you know. Or my seat doesn't work anymore because you changed my oil. It's, it, I have heard a gazillion of these fucking things, okay. And I know you have too. And I'm sorry. I don't wish there was something I could do about it. But that's why I'm trying to make this particular podcast. If a customers, if customers are going to listen to this podcast, which, you know, I mean, I guess it's a free country. They certainly can if they want to. If they're going to listen to this and then and, and listen to this particular podcast, maybe they'll get an idea of some behavior or some bullshit they're trying to pull that say you should just plain fucking stop. Stop fucking doing that. We know when you're trying to fuck us, okay? We know. One of the things, and I've talked about this before as well, and I think that this is important to, for, for customers to know, is uh, customers think almost universally that technicians and mechanics are trying to rip them off. It's a universal thing. I talk to people all the time. Some of them are young and, and don't even have driver's licenses yet, and yet they're sure as they're standing here right now talking to me, or they're sure as they can be, that when they do finally get a driver's license and they do finally get a car and they have to take it in to get it repaired, they're sure they're gonna get ripped off by the mechanic. Now, in my world, that's ridiculous, okay? In my world, because quite frankly, and I say this all the time, but quite frankly, there's just, there's a lot of good, honest work 
out there that needs to be done. Okay, we have stacks and stacks and stacks of ROs. We have stacks and stacks of customers. We have them backed up two and three weeks, sometimes months even, to get into the shop with their broken shit. There's enough good, solid, clean, honest work to do. You're, you do not have to sell something that a customer doesn't need. And quite frankly, if you're doing that, if you are doing that, if you're ripping customers off, fucking stop. Okay, because if I find out about it, I'll come over to where you are and I'll bust your ass. Okay, don't do it. Okay, you're ruining the, you know, and, and I don't want to say that you're ruining the reputation of technicians. It's already ruined, but we're not going to get back. We're not going to build ourselves up and build our own personal occupational reputation back up if you keep fucking doing it. So knock it off. Okay, earn the money. Do the work, earn the money, okay? It's all I'm asking you. We're not ripping people off, okay? We are not. If you're a customer and you're listening to this right now, I want you to realize one thing. I've said this before as well, too. I, and I apologize. Let me just say this real quickly. I apologize if you've heard any of this before. But it's a kind of a limited subject, and you're going to get some of this shit on repeat. But let me just reiterate this for you right now. If I do work to your car at the shop I work in right now, you, as a customer are not going to be paying me. You're not going to be paying me at all. I have never in 18 years ever, once ever, ever taken payment for a repair that I made. Hell, when I work on my friend's and my family's car in my own shop, I never get paid either. So to say that I as a technician am ripping people off is absolutely 1,000% bullshit. It's not fucking happening. It's not happening. So quit fucking saying that it is. Quit assuming that that's what's happening. If I was ripping you off, do you think I would hire a cashier? I probably would. If I was getting the payment, I'd hire somebody to take the money. But I haven't done that. My shop has. My shop has a cashier. My shop has service advisors who can swipe your credit card. It's not me. And the money is not going into my account. You pay for a repair that I did to your car. That money goes into a really, really big, big, biggity, big, big fucking bank account. And then every two weeks, they take a little fucking tiny portion of it, shave it off as thin as they possibly can, and give it to me. It's called a paycheck. They pay me. You pay them. They pay me. Who's ripping who off? It sure as fuck isn't me. Because I wouldn't charge anyone $150, $160, $175 an hour for labor. I wouldn't do that. If I was working on my own in a shop with all my tools and my experience and my training, and I didn't have a cashier, and I didn't have a fucking service advisor, I didn't have anything like that, any of that shit going on, and you brought your car to me and I fixed it for you and you paid me, you certainly would not be paying $175 an hour. I might charge you 50 bucks an hour. And guess what? Really? Think about this. How smart would that be? That'd be really fucking smart, wouldn't it? Yeah, because you would save 125 fucking dollars an hour on labor. And you would probably save money on the part, too, because am I going to mark up the part? Eh, I might. Would you give a fuck if you had a three-hour job and they saved $125 an hour on the labor? You'd have 375 fucking dollars in your pocket instead of mine. Holy fucking shit, what a concept. Jesus Christ. Quit fucking telling the world that technicians and mechanics are ripping you off. They're fucking not doing that. Here's another one I came up with. When we look at your car, 
when we look your car over, it's mainly, this is kind of going back to what I said earlier, we look your car over, it's so that we can fix it. Again, we're not trying to rip you off. Maybe, maybe in some places, there's fucking guys who are doing that. And typically, if management finds out about them, they fucking give them the boot. Because nobody needs that. If you bring your vehicle in to me, I can guarantee you, only, only for myself can I really say this, I guarantee you that if you bring your car into me and you have requested this, this, and this, guess what you're going to get? This, this, and this. Oh, and I'm going to probably make a video and show you if something else is fucked up. I'm going to top off your washer solvent and your coolant and maybe your oil. Maybe your oil. They have electronic dipsticks now, so it really sucks to check the fucking oil. So we don't do it. Uh, I'll probably adjust your tire pressures. And if you got anything fucking wrong, I'm going to send you along an estimate for that. You know, if your shocks are leaking, hey, your shocks are leaking. I'm going to send you an estimate. An estimate is just a fucking estimate. That's all it is. It's not, It's. it doesn't fucking fold your arm up behind your back and twist your arm and put you in a Chinese finger puzzle telling you that you're not going to get out unless you fucking buy this shit. It's not, not how it works. If I send you an estimate with a hundred items on it, and you don't buy any of them, you're not going to break my fucking heart. You're not going to break anybody's fucking heart. I mean, if you have a car that needs a hundred different fucking items and you don't want to do it, you might want to just drive right over to the pick and pull and say, here you go. I'm going to walk home. Might be safer. I'm not here, I'm not here to, to, to glean money from people. I'm here to make cars safe. I'm here to make cars run right. I'm here to do the maintenance. I'm here to do the repairs. I'm not here to fuck anybody. I'm here to get fucked, but I'm not here to fuck anybody. That seems to be what's happening. This is not, it's just not what we do. It's just not what we do. Yeah, sure. You know, you're going to find some cocksucker somewhere who's like, oh, you need tires and you don't need tires or you need brakes. And you don't need brakes. And well, pretty soon that guy's gone because those people don't last. Those people don't last. People figure out who they are, how they are, why they are. They figure out what they're up to and they get rid of them. Uh, you need to understand if you bring your car to a shop that there is a very large difference between the shop itself and the technicians who work in it. Okay? There's a difference. You can have a shop that has a great reputation, but there's probably going to be one and lately possibly more than one technician who works in that shop who doesn't really have a fucking clue what he's up to. Doesn't know. He doesn't have an idea. And the odds are, if you're looking at something that's, eh, I'd say simple, you know, it doesn't require a whole lot of brain power to fix it doesn't require a, a master's degree to figure out how it works or why it doesn't, that you're probably going to get one of these technicians who don't really have it going on. They don't really know what the fuck they're doing. You have no way of knowing. You have no way of knowing who's going to be working on your car. There's different levels of technician at every shop out there. There's always, there's always one guy who really honestly can probably fix anything. In my shop, the shop I work in, that isn't me. <laughs> I beg off on shit all the time. I'm like, I don't know anything about that. I'll freely admit it. I'm not the I'm not the fucking guy. I'm not the go-to guy. The go-to guy is another guy who's really pretty sharp. And some of the other guys are go-to guys on some stuff. And uh, you know, just just as a little aside, the shop I work in has some pretty sharp guys in it. And uh, I really like the crew we have. Some of the people that we used to have, some of, they were pretty good at some things and other things, yeah, not so much. And they also had different uh, different motivating factors and why they did what they did. Uh, but they're gone, so it's not really. I don't really need to talk about that, but the, the crew that we have now is, is really, really pretty good. I like them a lot, and I'm, I'm glad I I'm glad I work with them. And uh, they will help to make our reputation, our reputation better, okay? And this is one of the things you need to understand, and this is why I, I am saying this like this. You need to understand that the shop 
and the technicians are two different things. Because a, a shop can have a good reputation and have crappy techs, some crappy techs working in it, and maybe not either deserve or, or continue to deserve their reputation that they're a good shop. Because if they had great technicians and they didn't want to pay them and the, the great technicians left, the reputation still remains with the shop. Does that make sense? Sure. So you go to a shop and you get great service. They fix your car and it runs better than it ever did. It works better than it ever did. And then you go back in six months and you find out that that shop didn't pay the technicians very well. Or maybe you didn't find this out. You might not ever learn this. Okay. You might not ever learn this. But they didn't want to pay the technicians that were there very much. And they all found different jobs. And now they have filled, replaced those technicians with eh, cast-offs, losers, scumbags, uh, fucking just guys, guys with tools who don't know what they're doing and they fuck your shit up. So you go into the shop, you know it has a good reputation. You're part of the reason why it has a good reputation because you tell people they do a good job. All of a sudden you go back and now your car is all fucked up. It's in pieces and they can't fix it or they can't fix it right. Or maybe they tried to fix it and they fucked it up worse. Or maybe they just can't fix it at all and they gave it back to you all fucked up still. Is their reputation still good? Probably. Takes a long time to wash out a bad reputation. It doesn't take very long actually to wash, to, to destroy a good reputation though, I don't think. You know, this is one of the things that uh, we do in this culture now. This woke cancel culture bullshit that we have going on is we decide if something's good or bad and then that's just the way it should be. And it's like, fuck you, I can make my own opinions. Uh, you need to learn as a customer, and it's important to know, is that there's a difference between a shop and the technicians. A technician can have a really good reputation. He could work at a shop that has a shitty reputation. Is he going to increase that shop's reputation? Probably. Is he going to make that shop's reputation better? Yeah, I would say so. Is it a long uphill battle? Fuck yeah, it is. You get a bad reputation, man, that shit sticks with you for fucking ages. You have a good reputation, and it doesn't take shit to push that shit down a fucking hill and into a landfill. It doesn't take shit. But you need to realize that technicians have their own reputation, their own personal reputation, and that they're different from the shop. Okay, You need to realize that. It's something the customers need to know. And, and that will cause you, I think, and, and I, don't, I, I think it's a good thing for people to, to find out who the technician is. And when they do a good job, to kind of say something about, you know, hey, this guy did a really nice job working on my car. This guy took care of this. He even fixed something he wasn't, he, I didn't ask him to. Or maybe he topped off, I get it, what I get all the time is tire pressures that are fucking super low, all the time. And I don't even know why, really, because the temperatures don't fluctuate that much where I live. I mean, it's just hot and it seems like it's fucking hot all the fucking time. But I get them in where they're fucking 10, 15 pounds lower than they should be. And I fucking jake them up. I jake them up. I think I jake them up probably good two, three, four pounds higher than they should be because you and I both know that that air never leaks into a tire. It leaks plugging out. Just remember that, folks. A shop's reputation and a technician's reputation are sometimes two completely different things. And they should be two completely different things. Because you could be a good technician working in a shitty shop, or you could be a shitty technician working in a good shop. And it's just luck of the fucking draw who you get sometimes. Here's the one last, this is the last thing I want to you know, I mean, I could probably go on for hours on this particular subject. I think that there's a lot of things that customers need to know that they don't know. Uh, but one of the things they need to know, and I want to end the broadcast with this, but this is it's not going to end right here, trust me. Uh, one of the things they need to know is that when they decide they want to wait for a service, when they decide they want to wait in the building for us to do something to their car, 
it kind of pisses us off, at least me personally. And maybe it doesn't piss you off. Maybe you don't care. I think a lot of technicians get to the point where they don't care. You bring in a, a car and you say, I want to wait. Boom. Let me tell you something right now. Okay. This is a fact. If you want to wait, you are going to get your fucking wish. You are going to wait because the fucking, the mantra of a technician in an auto repair shop throughout the world is waiters going to wait. They're going to wait. They come in, they want to wait. Boom. They're going to get their wish. It's what's going to happen. They're going to wait. And I have seen people actually get away. This is, this is no fucking shit. I've seen technicians get a waiter, pull it in their bay and go to lunch for an hour. I've seen it. I've seen it. I haven't done it. I've never done it, but I have seen it. And here's why. Oh, you might be thinking to yourself, why the fuck would anybody do that, Uncle Jimmy? Why would anybody pull a waiter into their bay and then go to lunch? You go, well, one of the, and this is, this kills me because it happens so fucking often. And no matter who you say shit to, they just fucking, like, whatever. They just give you the, oh, whatever. You know, they, there's no respect there. Okay. If you want, if you, oh, this is so funny. If you want to become a technician to earn respect from people, you are barking up the wrong fucking tree, pal. If you want respect, you got to go to the record store and look under the, the, the catalog number, the catalog name of Aretha Franklin. You're just not going to get respect at a, at a repair shop. I don't give a fuck who you are. Customer, service advisor, service manager, technician. There's no respect there. None. Okay? And we're all Rodney Dangerfields, for Christ's sake. I tell you, I get no respect. Seriously. Here's the, here's the fucking thing. Here's the point I'm trying to make. Okay? We tell people all the time, we have different types of recalls on some of the vehicles that we work on because we're a brand manufacturer at my shop. The dealership I work at is for a specific brand. And we have some recalls, some things that we need to change on cars. And it's important that we change them because in some very rare cases, they have caused problems which were catastrophic. There's one particular recall that has the potential and this is, this is the way things are worded like that. This is why things are worded like that. It has the potential to cause a thermal event, which is their way of saying a fire. Okay. So we have to go in and we have to change a, a little, a specific component that lives on the intake manifold down by the engine block. Now, when you, <laughs> now when you bring a car in as a waiter, it means you just drove in from somewhere. And for me, it always seems like they drove in from like, the moon or Mars or somewhere really fucking far away because their engine is always fucking nuclear hot. I mean, you know, if you had to make a list of the hottest things out there, you know, you'd have the sun, you'd have fire, and then you'd have an engine in a car that just drove here from a long distance away. Hot. The motherfucker is hot. And I have to change a part that's down there on it. I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't care if you're the president of the fucking United States or if you're a fucking famous actor or actress, I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't care. That shit's got to cool off. I am not going to get third degree burns making seven tenths of an hour to change some fucking part on your car because you want to wait. I'm going to put a fan on the fucking thing and guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to lunch. And by the time I get back, it'll be cool enough to need to perform the, the fucking recall. Now, I don't know why the people who take our appointments don't know this. We've only tried to explain it to them like a thousand fucking times. But it, it just keeps happening. It happens all the fucking time. I think it happened just like a couple of weeks ago to me. And I'm like, whatever. They want to wait. And we have a whole area in our building where we have nice chairs and free food and free water and shit. Where we, we, we call it a waiting area, co coincidentally enough. And people can go there and do what? Wait? That's right. 
They can wait there. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get third degree burns doing something to a car because you don't wanna wait or because you are waiting. You are just straight up gonna fucking wait. Okay. Now when you come in as a waiter, and I wanna get I wanna try to get to the end of this because I'm going along again. When you come in as a waiter, what it says to me, what it says to me in 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 your voice even, it says, Oh, I think whatever I want you to do to my car is simple and should take a minute or maybe two. Well, I got about nothing. I got almost nothing that I can do to a car in one or two minutes. Everything takes time. And you know what? I've got a, I've got a little bit of hustle in me. Not that much anymore. I mean, I'm an old guy, so I, obviously I don't move as fast as the fastest guy out there, wherever that is. But being from the north, I move a little quicker than some of the people that are from the south, okay? And I don't know why there's a different pace, but, and I've given up a long time ago giving a fuck about why there is. I just know that I come in and I fucking, I'm like a machine gun. So when I get a waiter, I just fucking bang it out, you know? So I can, you know, I can make an hour and, you know, maybe maybe an hour, but 1.2 or whatever. Maybe I can make an hour and a half in like 30 minutes, on a waiter. So it's not the worst thing in the world. But I'm also not standing around talking to people. I'm not drinking some. I'm not eating some. I'm not on the phone. I'm not fucking with my phone. I'm not fucking with my computer. I'm not fucking with anything. I'm doing this fucking waiter. So if I do a waiter for you, probably gets done fairly quickly. Not always. Sometimes I get distracted. Sometimes I have to talk to somebody about some other situation. Then they need answers right this goddamn minute while I'm doing your waiter. So you're going to have to wait a little longer. That happens a lot more often than I would care to admit. But when you come in as a waiter and, and, and it's not just like a regular oil change, it might be something else. Oh, I have a check engine light. Well, yeah, you could certainly wait for me to tell you what a check engine light is. To wait for the complete diagnosis or the possible repair of that check engine light? Yeah, you really shouldn't wait for that. Shouldn't be a waiter for that, you know? Everyone you know, everyone will say something to the effect, of, well, I'm on an auto zone, I got one look at it. I go, well, why don't you fucking do that then? Get the fuck out of my fucking building. I don't need to hear that horse shit. I was talking about it the other day. If you pull in there and you've got a, a fucking fuel tank leakage code, they're going to sell you a gas cap. And then when it fucking pops back on because they cleared the fault after changing your gas cap, then you're going to have to come to me because they can't diagnose your car any further than that. They can't. There's nothing that they can sell you that they can say, oh, this is usually it. All they can sell you is a gas cap. You throw it on and that's it. And if that ain't the fucking problem, and you know what? A lot of times, just between you and me, it is the problem because you don't know how to tighten a fucking thing. Or maybe your kid put gas in it or maybe your grandmother put gas in it. It doesn't even really matter who put gas in it. They didn't tighten the fucking thing. The check engine light comes on and you think, oh, you don't think, oh, it's the gas cap. I should just go tighten it. And if you did that, it probably would go off by itself after a, a few starts. But you didn't do that. You went to the auto zone and they fucking sold you a gas cap. And lo and behold, they put it on correctly. And guess what? The light went out and it fixed it. Until the next time your kid or your grandmother drives your fucking car. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. Ah, but listen, check engine lights. I strictly believe they should not be waiters. I don't honestly think that any customer should wait for anything that we do to their car. I understand why they will, why they would. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'll do them. I have done them. I'm going to continue to do them. Uh, other people have begged off on them. And if you try to give them a waiter, they'll moan and cry and throw a tantrum if they have to do a waiter. I'm not really up for that. I don't think that that's fair at all. But, 
you know, when we're talking about customers, like I said before, I want to like them and I want them to like me. So I'll try to get their shit done right. I'll try to get their shit done quickly. Sometimes it doesn't always work. And, uh, but one of the things that does irritate me is that they think that everything we do to their car, everything, really, literally everything can be done quickly. It's like, well, you can't do it. Why would you even assume that? You know, that's, that's my bit. That's what, that's what sets me off over the edge about what customers don't know. Look, folks, there's a, there's a whole ton of shit, honestly, that customers don't know about what we do, about our occupation, about how we do what we do, why we do what we do. They don't know. They don't have a clue. And they don't want a clue. They think they know already. Because everybody on the planet is smart. you got to remember that. Everyone on the planet is smart. And oh, by the way, they're smarter than you. They're definitely smarter than me. So, your opinion? Yeah, who gives a fuck, right? Ah. <laughs> uh. You know, I, I got to tell you, there's a, there's going to be about a thousand things that I missed. And I know that um, because I really am not that smart. Um, but I, what I want you to do, if you can think of something that you feel like the customer should know, okay, you feel like there's some tidbit of information or maybe there's some mannerism or some fucking bullshit that they keep pulling, or maybe there's just uh, some sort of uh, innocuous little thing that goes on with the cars that, that they should know and they don't. Go ahead and hit me up on the Facebook page. Give me some feedback on it. Let me know uh, some of the things that you think customers should know that I missed because I know I missed some because I could have gone on all night long about things that customers don't know and that we wish they knew. I'm what I, One of the things that I'm glad about, though, is that, that nobody really knows. <laughs> nobody really knows who I am. I'm just your Uncle Jimmy, and I come spewing out of your uh, speakers and your earbuds uh, once a week. And uh, usually it's just nonsense with a lot of make, made up facts and figures, by the way. And uh, sometimes I listen and sometimes I just can't. And uh, I'm with you on that one. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to end this podcast. See how it's gone super fucking long. And I always end the podcast the same way by just saying, see ya.